Thank you for tuning in tonight to the Compete with the Stack podcast. I am your host, Adam Carter, head football coach at Grayson High School. This podcast is designed to dive into the 3-3 stack defense with some of the best defensive minds that I know. We will look at schemes, positional play, pressure packages, and much more. Again, thank you for tuning in with us tonight. We hope you enjoy. Coach Aaron, thanks for for being with us on the podcast. I know this is uh, something new for me, and I appreciate you coming and and talking to guys and being the first person on the podcast. Um, For you folks listening, um, this is Jeff Heron. He is the tight ends um, coach at Tennessee Tech. Um, He is a a legend in the state of Georgia, Um, won five state championships here, Um, and uh, and is my mentor. I was – fortunate enough to work with him and at Camden County and to continue a relationship um, since then. And, uh, and one that I cherish a lot and, and I lean on a lot and uh, has been a, a great, a great uh, role model for, for a bunch of coaches in the state of Georgia. Um, but uh, we're here tonight. We're going to talk about the three, three. Um, I'm not going to sit here and talk a ton because that's what coach is here for. But um they went to this defense at Camden County, um, and this is kind of where I picked it up from, um, and we've kind of ran with it since then. And so I figured uh, let's bring the one that put it in and let's talk to him and uh, and let him answer some questions and those kind of things. So, Coach, again, thank you for, for taking some time with us. Glad to do it, Adam. Glad to do it. Um, so, got some questions I've already, you know, we talked about, um, and then I'm just going to let you kind of talk for a little bit. So, uh when did you decide to move to the 3-3 stack, you know, uh, in your career? Well, you know, I had grown up being a 50 guy, what, you know, people now refer to as a 3-4. We used to refer to as a 5-2. But, uh, you know, we'd run some 6-2, whatever. But, you know, back in those days, nobody threw the ball much, and uh, you weren't seeing spread offenses. And But I was a 50 guy most of my career uh, when I went to Oconee County. Um, we wound up being a 4-3 team. And so when I first went to Camden County, we were a 4-3 team. And, you know, I really liked three linebackers uh, over the 50 that I had done for so long and uh, liked the flexibility that that kind of gave you on counters and things like that. But from a run game perspective, I'd always liked an odd front. I felt like you know, putting pressure on a, on a center was a really good thing with a nose man. So – Long story short, in in 2000, we were a 4-3 team at Camden. Uh, We were pretty good on defense, uh, but we ran into uh, Ware County. Uh, Ware County had Fred Gibson. They had a quarterback that was really, really good. And uh, Coach Ragel at the time, Dan Ragel, was the first person that I'd ever coached against that was a spread guy. And we really struggled that year with them in 2000. Every time we thought they were going to run the ball, they were throwing it every time we thought they were going to throw, they were running it. And it really caused us problems that night with the spread offense. So during that off season, we were trying to figure out a way to stop them. And, uh, you know, we, we, we thought, well, you know, if we could play our nickel look, which was a three down lineman scheme that we might have a better chance against them. So we really put the defense in that spring and summer, uh, for Ware County, specifically for them. Well, we played them the next year, did much better, had a lot of success with it. And 
our kids really enjoyed it. It was our nickel defense the next year in 2001, and it was our Ware County defense. So at the end of that year, I told our guys, I said, look, I said, I think this scheme really fits us. You know, let's delve into it and see if we can't learn more about it. Uh, so, you know, at the time, there wasn't a lot of people running it. Our first visit, we went to the University of South Carolina that spring, and Lou Holtz was the head coach who, you know, I've just admired forever. And uh, Charlie Strong was the defensive coordinator. And they were running that defense. Well, we sit in there, we watch cut-ups, we watch practice, we got to talk with them. Uh, and they did a really good job. But they were as vanilla as you could get. They were going to be in a 5-0-5 every play. But we took that, we came back home. And uh, one of our coaches, Cedric Corse, on our staff, had played at Mississippi State. Well, Joe Lee Dunn was running a version of it. And so, so we went there to check that out. Well, uh, Joe Lee Dunn is not very vanilla, as you everybody knows. He was blitzing and doing stuff every play, every play. I mean, it was just crazy. Well, we looked at the two of those, and, you know, one was really plain, one was not, and, and it was uh, we were trying to find something in the middle. And lo and behold, right there in spring practice that, that spring, uh, and a guy, a guy named Kevin Fuquay from Middle Tennessee came by, and he's watching his practice. And so I'm standing over there talking to him a little bit during practice. He goes, I see y'all running the 3-3 three, three stack or the 3-5, whatever you want to call it. And I said, well, we're trying to. I said, we're, we're still learning. He goes, you know, that's what we do. And I said, really? I literally got our booster club president and called him on the phone and I said, look, could we get $500 and pay this guy to spend the night and stay this weekend and, and clinic us on this defense? And we did. And what Middle Tennessee did was somewhere between what Mississippi State and South Carolina were doing. It, it wasn't as crazy uh, and it wasn't just really vanilla. And so sent a bunch of our guys up to Middle Tennessee. They came back with a bunch of materials, film, everything. And we literally adopted their terminology, uh, hence the word ponies that we still use. Uh, that was because, you know, they were the, the Blue Raiders and, and all that. But we adopted what they did and then, you know, cer certainly tweaked it a little bit on our own. Uh, but of the three, we were probably closer to what Middle Tennessee did than anybody. Well, that's interesting, just going all the way back to, to South Carolina and throw out names like Charlie Strong and, and Jolie Dunn at Mississippi State and then throwing out the name Cedric Course. That's a that's a uh, one of the, the guys that um, that I respect. He, to me, he may be the best linebackers coach I've ever been around. He is uh, – and he's a great dude. You don't find a linebacker coach that uh, would rather teach art than anything. Uh, that's, uh, that's pretty interesting. But he's a heck of a ball coach too, so – but that's interesting. I didn't really know, you know, even from being down there with you, I knew the Middle Tennessee State part, um, but I've never really dove into the fact that y'all went up there and visited South Carolina and, and that kind of stuff. So that was interesting to me. So you kind of answered the, the next part. I was going a little bit uh, of some of the reasons you went to it, you know, obviously with the Ware County and the spread and all that stuff. But I'm kind of want to go to that next part of, you know, how did it fit with the talent you had at Camden? Um, you know, I, I know when I got there, we had some some decent size, you know, kids up front um, with Holloway and those guys. But I had heard in the past that it was – you had a lot of speed out there. You weren't necessarily huge, but you had kids that would run. And defensively, you had kids that would go hit you. And you said earlier, you know, your kids just enjoyed running it. So, did you think the talent fit well at Camden County? 
I really did. Uh, you know, and Adam, I think it doesn't matter wherever you coach in America, whatever level you coach at, uh, I think you're always looking for really good defensive linemen. There's just not enough of them there. And, uh, you know, so playing with three as opposed to four or five uh, just made sense. And we had more linebacker, defensive back type kids than we had defensive linemen. And don't get me wrong, we had some really good defensive linemen. But it was a lot easier to find three or four, maybe five, that could rotate in those three spots than it was to find four for the, for the four three. And, you know, the other thing, and, you know, I didn't mention this in the first question, but, you know, Ware County presented problems to us because of three, four receiver sets. And we hadn't encountered a lot of that. In my coaching career, I hadn't encountered a lot of that. You know, everything we did was dependent upon de- defending the option and, you know, all that kind of the run game, stopping the run. Well, all of a sudden, we were faced with a new animal. And so getting more speed on the field, getting more athletes out there in space, uh, you know, was really good. It was tough. The 4-3, I really loved. It was really, really good to us at Oconee County. But it was tough to adjust secondary-wise with four defensive backs. And you were always having to bring a linebacker out, do this, do that. And I liked having three linebackers in the box. I didn't want to have two in there, you know. So uh, I felt like because of of the way schemes were changing, I felt like because of our personnel, and I felt like because of the the things that I really felt strongly about defensively, having three linebackers there, having a nose man there, and trying to get as much speed on the field as you could, I, I just felt like it was a perfect fit for us. Well, and, you know, I, I taught our guys that. I was fortunate this past year to where we rotated eight guys on the defensive line. But that doesn't happen very often. But you start talking to these four-down guys and and, um, and trying to put that in perspective. I'm sitting there going, you know, I had a nose and we had, a, uh, we had two. You know, you have a, a one and a two guy. But on the flip side of that, you don't have anybody behind them that could go inside. So you're sitting there trying to play a shade and a three and then have two more guys that could come in and play with this spread, up-tempo, all that stuff. And I just think I'm with you. I think the 3D line aspect fits, um, especially today's game, with, with the tempo and the spread and all that stuff. So um, what's one of the things that – well, I mean, let me just go back. You've won multiple state championships. Um, and there were state championships that um, you won at Camden and Grayson were all in this defense. So, um, you know, why do you think it was successful once y'all really dove into it? Uh, obviously – you kind of hit on it already with the kids, but maybe maybe more for like the coaches and the way that you were able to adjust or anything like that or to reasons why you thought this was successful for you guys in those championship runs. Well, the first one at Camden in 2003, uh, we were great defensively. We really were. And, you know, I look back on it and, you know, some of the kids we were playing with were really talented and some were not so talented but they played great that year. And I, and I really think a lot of it was the scheme. Uh, Terry Crowder was our defensive coordinator. Frank Stevens was our D-line guy. Cedric was our linebacker guy. Uh, we just – we had a really good staff, and, and they made it work. And the novelty of it, I think, in 2003 had a lot to do with our success because, we, you know, we were slanting guys. We were blitzing guys. You know, we were lining up in all these different fronts. Uh, and, and I think it fit our kids really well, and it was something that people hadn't seen a lot. 
And, uh, you know, it, it really caused problems for us. Now, we gave up 43 points in 15 games. And I don't know that maybe 14 of those may have come against our first group. You know, the rest of them were when we were playing some mop-up game in mop-up type situations when we were winning big. Uh, we were really, really good on defense. Now, again, we had some really good players. We had Jock Roman playing the middle linebacker who, you know, won a couple of national championships doing that at Appalachian State. So, uh, but, you know, our, our D-line guys, none of them were, were Division One guys that year. Uh, they were all really good players. Uh, but, you know, they weren't going to be recruited by the Georgias and Floridas of the world and stuff. And, and we really didn't have many kids. We didn't have any kids on that defense that, that were that type of uh, potential college player. But they were all really, really good high school players who would run and hit you. But, but I think, you know, especially the first time, because people hadn't seen it much, it, it made a really big difference. But, you know, then moving on 2008, 2009, you know, by then we were really, really good in the defense and understanding. And, you know, I think all defenses are kind of the same in this regard. You know, people can find things that hurt you. you every defense has weaknesses to it. What you got to be able to do is know what to do to take care of it when those people do attack those weaknesses. You know, how are you going to adjust? And by 2008 and nine, our, our staff was so good. Uh, we, you know, we had just been doing it for a long. We'd been doing it now for, you know, seven, eight years that we really had answers to about everything. And uh, I remember 2009 uh, in the opener in the Corky Kell Classic, Grayson did something to us that we had not seen. It was the first time anybody had done it. Of course, you know, Mickey it was, Mickey Kahn was a really good coach. They had a really good plan. And they hurt us in that game doing something that we hadn't seen. And, you know, but, we came home, we looked at it, we knew the answers, uh, and, and we didn't get hurt anymore. And, uh, you know, we wound up having a really good defensive team that year and, uh, you know, shut down Northside Warner Robbins, who was very, very explosive, uh, you know, but it, it wasn't even close. And, you know, our defense, I think, again, it, you know, it was a good fit. We had a good staff, and the defense was still a little bit unusual. And so people didn't have a lot of answers. But now I will say this, that I've always felt, you know, people can find answers. But one thing the 3-5, three, 3-3 three, three stack does is that when you've got three linebackers sitting back there at depth that can go basically anywhere, I don't care who you are on offense, it, it causes some hesitation. And I've always felt like it's easier to block a guy on the line of scrimmage than it is a guy that, in space and has got a, a two-way go, I guess. Well, when I go so to I think those things are people real. talk about, you know, hey, what are you doing to tight end, attach tight ends? And me and you probably went back and forth on what to do on attached tight end sets for the last six years. Um, and uh, we always are trying to figure that out. But, um, you know, a lot of people's answer is um, let's walk – especially now with outside zone, let's walk a guy down. You know, walk a pony down, walk a backer down. Well, one, that's not what they do. Uh, that's not what they do all the time. That's not what they're accustomed to. They're not used to that. And two, like you just said, you got a linebacker now that is he. Everybody knows where he's at. Everybody knows where his fit is. Um, you know that tight end or that tackle. They're they're going to be a, a little more successful if they know where a guy is and they can go ahead and put their hands on him right now. And so you know I think that's why we've 
tried to keep the box stacked as much as we could over the last couple of years. And, you know, now some of the RPO stuff, we're having to do stuff different. But, you know, I think that the whole principle in coming from, you know, coaching with you is leave the box the same, you know, and keep that stack box, which is kind of what you're talking about now, wanting those three linebackers. And we talked about it from a run game perspective a ton about just the fits and, and that kind of stuff. But how do you think some of those teams were different, you know, how, from a scheme perspective? I know the athletes were different. The athletes you had it in 2016 at Grayson versus, um, you know, at, at T.O. Hanna were going to be different. Um, but has the scheme changed? Have you stuck to – I mean, I think you stuck to the basis of it for the most part, but what has changed? Uh, we, we certainly have stuck to the basics of it. And, you know, going back to talking about walking a linebacker up, we've certainly done that, you know, as a change-up. But, you know, I, I like him sitting back there. I really do. I just think that creates indecision. That, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm at Tennessee Tech now coaching tight ends, and, and I can tell you that, you know, when we're zone blocking, you know, we're having to figure out and we're having to chip off to a guy that's off the line and all that. And if he's sitting right on our nose, it's easy. We, we know who we got. We know what we're going to do, you know. So, but I think over the years, um, when we first were running it at, at, at Camden, you know, our base, if you had asked me then, we were going to play a five to the tight end most of the time, although, you know what, our whole preface was we can call it. We can set a five to the field. We can set it to a back. We can set it to the tight end. We can set it to whatever. But we were going to play a five shade and a four eye. And, you know, the, the whole defense was based on bringing that pony off the edge on the backside. But again, you know, in 2002, three, four, you know, people, we, the teams we were having to beat in the big games were still running the football all the time. And so that's, that's how we did it with the shade five and you know, shade five and four I. Well, if you go back to, you know, at Grayson in, in 2016, even at TL Hannah, uh, we were much more movement oriented with our front. Uh, where we were we were going to slant more than we were going to, per se, uh, just sit in the shade or, or five, four eye. We were going to be slanting more often than not. And, and the reason, I think, it became that people became different on offense and we were having to, we were having to have our ponies in coverage more than we did when we first started the defense. And, you know, so because of that, we, we were not going to give away pre-snap which way we were going, uh, you know, or how we were going to slant our front or, or, you know, we weren't going to shade our front pre-snap as much. So I think, you know, having to remove the pony more, coverage more, those type things uh, kind of changed the way we thought about up front uh, because we didn't have a problem really. I know at Grayson it, it was a fundamental difference that year in that, we would slant our front and not bring the pony, which in 2002 we would have never, ever done. You know, we weren't going to play a four-eye and not be bringing the pony. But at Grayson, we could get away with it because we had so much speed at linebacker. And even with our pony removed, he could get back because of speed. So I think the fundamental difference in, you know, that 18-year span was certainly your ponies had to become more of a factor in coverage and that made us move the front probably more than we did originally. When you were good, you know, what sticks out in your head other than the kids that can run? And, and I know that you've been uh, blessed to have some good players, but defensively, what do you think uh, you did well on some of those teams that y'all were really good on? I know that 
um, whether it's, you know, stopping the run or what you did up front or linebacker, what did you do well um, that kind of set you apart in those couple of years that y'all were really good on defense? Well, I think, you know, when you go back to uh, to Camden, and we, we were really, really good on defense. Uh, you know, Byron Slack, who's now the head coach at Hillgrove, and Frank Stevens, who's the head coach at McEachern. You know, they, those were our D-line guys. And they were both really, really good. And we, we basically did three different things with our defensive linemen. Uh, we, we had a deal where they were, you know, reading the linemen they lined up on. We had a deal where they were reading the linemen outside of them. And we had a deal where they were just, you know, they were stunning somewhere. And we would change that in the middle of games. And, uh, you know, it just – I think our D-line play was probably better than most. Uh, but now I, I believe – and I've told this to a lot of people. I think the key to this defense uh, – when we went to South Carolina, I still remember I, – I still remember Charlie Strong saying, and, and I think this came from Coach Holtz, of course, but – he said, it's kind of like a baseball team. you got to be strong up the middle. He said, our best player needs to be our nose guard, our mock linebacker, and our free safety. Well, over the years, I've come to the conclusion that that's not really true because we've played with some bad nose. We've played with some just serviceable mics, and our free safety sometimes has been our worst athlete in the secondary. But the thing that's never changed, in my opinion, is the two guys playing pony or the, quote, you know, outside linebacker, strong safety types, they just have to be really good football players. And by that, I mean, you know, not that they're going to sign Division One, but they just have a knack for the game. And a great example, we had two kids at Camden County one year. Uh, it was 2004. I think we were really, really good on defense. One of our ponies was five foot four, and I'm not exaggerating that. He was five foot four, probably weighed 155 pounds at most. The other one on the other side was six foot four and weighed about 180. And uh, he went to play at Eastern Kentucky. The other one, you know, the five four kid, that was the end of his career. Totally different, totally different body types. Uh, but both of them were really, really good high school football players that just had a knack. And, you know, so I, I think any type kid can play pony, but they got to have a feel for the game. And, and we've all got them, you know, sometimes you don't have enough of them, but it doesn't have to be a great, talented, division one type kid, but it does have to be somebody that's just one of those good old-fashioned, hard-nosed, you know, understands the game, going to play hard kids. Uh, and I think if you have those type of ponies, you got a much, much better chance for success. I remember when I first got there, that's the two two guys I got to coach. And um, and my two starters that year were um, uh, Brock and Maxwell. And, yeah. uh, you know, you just ask those guys to do so much too now, you know, when you start talking about the spread stuff. I know back, you know, when you're playing wing T, those guys are coming off the edge or – off the tip or they're got to go take on a kick out by guards and fullbacks. But then, you know, in, in five days they're playing a spread team and they may have to be back on the hash. And so they're just, they're unique guys. And I, I agree with you. They got to be really good football players in order for this stuff to be successful. I'm assuming, I'm not, I don't, I don't know this, but I'm going to flip the question. Where do you, where's the, where's the deficiency? If you weren't well, if you didn't, if you weren't doing well on defense, where do you think that normally came from? 
why, again, I'd go back to the pony play, uh, yep. you know, that if those those kids weren't like that, and, you know, I won't call anybody's name, but I, I remember and it was one of the years you were there that we had a kid that had all kinds of ability and was extremely fast. He was a tough kid, but mentally – he, he was always a step behind and uh, it really hurt us in some crucial situations, you know, and, and I think you would know who I'm talking about, but, yeah. you know, I, I think again, uh, because those guys are asked to do so many things that it does make it a little tougher and finding those right guys uh, is really important. And I think I learned that I would sacrifice athleticism over football smarts. Uh, now, you know, with that said, in 2016 at Grayson, again, the game changed a little bit. Uh, we had one pony that fit every one of those criteria that I just talked about, except he wasn't fast. And so we were playing him on rundowns, and we were subbing for him with a coverage guy in passing situations. wasn't ideal, but it might just a whole lot better than we would have been if we'd have played either one of them all the time. Right. And, uh, you know, we just we took risk, calculated guesses on, you know, what we were getting ready to see, the situation of the game, time left, and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and it worked out really well for us. As the, as the game has changed a little bit, I think the 3-3 the three is adapting. I mean, I think that I've changed a little bit from what we do, especially in the back half. I try to keep the front about the same. Um, but, like, in today's game, like why do you, this is a defense that is um, that is becoming more popular. I think it went away and everybody went to the three, four, two high safeties, like you were talking about with three down because they didn't have four down linemen, but they could go split field coverage and all that stuff on the back half. And, and that's what they saw on Saturdays and those kind of things. And why do you think that it's uh, making a comeback right now in today's game? Well, I think because of what you see on offense, certainly, uh, you know, people are putting out receivers that they can all run, they can all catch the backs out of the backfield. And and you have to be able to play, quote, seven-on-seven seven defense. And, and I think because you have more speed on the field, you have more DBs on the field, I think certainly that's it. You know, it's interesting. I, I watched yesterday uh, – the 30 for 30, and I'd seen parts of it before, but I watched the whole thing yesterday about the two Bills, about Bill Belichick and Bill Parsons, or Parcells. And Belichick, I, I, don't, I wasn't aware of this until I watched this yesterday, but one of the years that, uh, that they were together and they won the Super Bowl with the Giants, they said he played a different defense in every playoff game. And they had been a four-down lineman team going into it. And they, they played the Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl, and they played two-down linemen. And his reasoning was that we were going to say, if you want to run Thurman Thomas and beat us, you can do it. But if you want Jim Kelly to throw to all these little fast, quick receivers you got, we're not going to let that happen. And, you know, Adam, I, funny, when I sit there and I watch it, I go back to – my very first year as a head coach, and we're playing Marietta in the first round of the playoffs, and Eric Zire is the quarterback. Now, mind you, like I said, we had been a 55-down lineman. You know, two of them might have stood up every now and then, but we were a 50 team. And we're getting ready to play my uh, Eric Zire, and they're just throwing it all over the place and just killed people. And George O'Leary happened to come by and uh, a couple of weeks before, 
and and we knew that we were probably going to face them. Well, he and I got to talking on the board, and he basically showed me their nickel defense, which is eerily similar to the three-three. And we go out there that night against Marietta, and, and we played three, sometimes two defensive linemen, and it just frustrated them. And you know, we took away quick throws, and we had, you know, had guys pressed up on them so they couldn't get off the easy stuff, but we had guys behind them because we knew they could run past us. And, and Walton upset Marietta. Eric Zyre had thrown two interceptions the entire year, and I think he threw five that night. And George O'Leary did what Bill Belichick did against the Bills. I mean, he, he, he showed me how to do that. So I think being able to adapt to how people are trying to do offensively uh, you know, we had a lot of success at TL Hannah because of our defense, because, you know, our, our thing was, look, we're not going to give you anything easy. You know, we're going to walk up and we're going to make you beat us over the top. And, you know, it worked really good. Uh, we won a lot of football games during those two years doing that. Uh, it, it, and it did bite us in the rear end one time <laughs> against Dutch Fork. You know, their guys that particular night were a little better than our guys. But I think, you know, being able to play more defensive back types and being able to vary coverages and stuff is what you have to do against today's offenses. Yeah, I think that that's the, you know, going back to, to what we do defensively right now is, is I think that it allows us to line up to everything we see. We see so much. And I think that 3-3 allows you to do that and still keep your structure uh, the way you want it and, the, and sound and all those things. So um, I'm with you on that. And we had to play Harrison Bailey this year at Marietta. And um, and we were able to get the ball back a couple of times. The only reason why we won the game. Um, but I don't know if it was – I don't know if it was confusion or or he just had an off night. But at the end of the day, we found a way to win it. And um, and so that was a big game for us too. So, um, you know, at the high school level with our kids, and, and you've always – you've been at programs to where you have three different levels. and You've been at programs to where um, you integrate your schemes at the lower levels as far as middle schools and those kind of things. You know, how do you feel about, you know, running this defense at the high school level? Um, and what do you like most about it as far as just being able to give offenses a hard time or, or being sound or, or any of those things of, of what your confidence in the defense is at the high school level? Well, again, I think you can play other things and be successful, certainly. Uh, a lot of people have proven that. But I just – I think it's a really good fit for high schools. Uh, now, you know, you mentioned other levels. Uh, you know, I've had middle school coaches tell me over the years, well, you know, it, it doesn't work well in middle school. You know, it doesn't – well, they're missing the point. You know, the point is you know, we want our kids to start learning it, to start becoming familiar with it. Uh, but like any defense, the more you do it, the easier it is to adjust, the easier it is to adjust, the more successful you're going to be on Friday nights. And uh, But I, I think it fits high schools, Adam, again, better than anything else I ever did because of the fact that you don't have to have as many defensive linemen. Yes, sir. And, you know, the same thing could be said. You know, I, I'm a wing T guy on offense. Well, you know, some years you have really good, big offensive linemen. Some years you don't. And, you know, I felt like that the wing T gave our normal linemen a chance every year. 
you know, they might not be able to come off the ball and zone block somebody or knock them backwards a mile, but they could down block, position block, trap block. And, and so I think the 3-3 fit what I like to do, just like the wing T did on offense, you know, it gave more average type kids, which you're going to have more of, it gave them a chance to be more successful. Out of the three linebackers that you, you talk about, about wanting those guys in there and kind of one of the reasons you went to it, what do you feel like gives the offense, or why does that give the offense, uh, in your opinion, not, again, everybody has their own opinion, and like you said a minute ago, different defenses work for different people. This is definitely not one of those things where trying to convince anybody to run it, but in your opinion, what do those three linebackers do to some of the run schemes? I know in the, in the last couple of years when we talk about um, – you know, me and you have gone back with some of our conversations and stuff like that, especially even if you talk about the wing tee. Um, why does that having those three linebackers sitting right there give offenses a hard time, in your opinion? Well, you know, like I said, I had been a 50 guy my whole career uh, until 1999 at Oconee. And, you know, our if we got fancy, we were going to take one of our outside linebackers, you know, and walk them out in coverage or something a little bit. But when we did that, we lost the ability for him to play any cutbacks or counters. And playing the 4-3, you know, we tried to keep those three guys in there as much as we could. And any type of misdirection, which in those days we were still seeing more and more misdirection with wing tees and stuff like that, uh, that third linebacker being able to play counters, being able to play cutbacks, I thought was huge. And that was one of the things that I really, really liked about the 3-5 was just having that third backer there that, you know, you could do so many different things with him, but you had the ability to fix things, to make things right, so to speak. If something went wrong up front, you know, one of the jobs of a linebacker to me has always been, I'm going to make the guy right, you know, and that's why they, they have two different fits, you know. If, yeah. this is, if this is not there, I'm going to fit here, you know, uh, and, and having the guy on the line of scrimmage, that's not as easily to easy to do as you if you have him at depth, and uh, so I, I always felt like three linebackers was a little bit better for the run game than going back to the five-two deal. Uh, but again, you know, it's what what type of of uh, offense are you facing? Well, when we started out, you know, every week we were seeing some type of option, you know, and you don't really see that much today. Uh, but again, uh, you know, being in a five-two was a really, really good option defense. But as the game evolved, I felt like that you know having three linebackers, having five DBs, was a whole lot better scenario. Well, that kind of leads into the next one, and this is really the last question and, and point I had was, um, you know, you've you've ran it you know for a long time and um, and and seen the game change over the last fifteen years. Um, what do you think, other than I think the big one, and you correct me if I'm wrong, I think the biggest thing that's changed is, is the back half, is the covers part um, because of what offenses do. But what do you think with the defense that's changed or it's really stayed the same, either one you want to talk about, over the last 15 years that's continued just to, to be like, you know, what you do defensively? Well, I think the thing that's remained constant uh, and why I love this particular defense is the versatility. And, you know, because the game has changed, it, you know, the defensive scheme has allowed us to be versatile. It's allowed us to, 
to change with it. And, you know, there's times that, you know, in some games, heck, I'd like to play a 5-0-5 and never change, you know, and just, just play zone behind it. You know, that, that in the old days, like I said, that's how South Carolina started out. But if that doesn't work, this defense certainly has the option of getting you in a situation where, you know, you can man people up and bring guys from everywhere. And I just think that that versatility, uh, being able to have that uh, and being able to change where, you know, like we, we can put pressure on you if, you, if that's what we need to do. But we can just sit back and make you beat us if that's what we want to do. And uh, I think because of the, the versatility of being able to blitz secondary guys, linebackers, uh, move your front around and just come from different angles or sit and read stuff. I think that is a combination. And I don't think the versatility's ever changed. And I think that's why it's been so successful for so many years. Certainly, you know, people have learned to attack it better. Uh, you know, they give you formations that you have to do some different stuff and you have to adjust. But I still go back to I think it's easier to adjust. The number one reason we do it, it's easier to adjust out of a 3-5 than it is any other defense that I've ever been in. And I think in today's game, that's really important. Well, I think that piggybacking off what you said is kind of the the part for me right now that I'm working on it is that ability to send, you know, really – eight different guys, uh, take those two ponies in the mix. And even now with some of the stuff we're doing with the back half of adding the free safety into the mix and so, so make it nine. But, you know, the, like you were saying, you've got to have, you got the ability to send them or you got the ability to sit there and play defense and let somebody try to beat you. And I think, you know, just going back from what y'all had in 16 was uh, some guys that could really go get the quarterback and could really get after folks and could really play man coverage. Um, and, you know, like I've had a couple of years to where in 18, you know, I, I felt like that we were definitely a, a, a group that played really hard, but we weren't man coverage guys. And so we were going to sit there and we were going to play really good defense, really good sound base defense, not give up the big play and, and try to make you beat us. So I think you have those different options and offense has got to figure that out. And one that comes with your personnel, obviously, but, um, Coach, I appreciate everything. I appreciate you spending some time. Uh, guys, if um, this, this guy has done it well uh, at a bunch of different places, and, again, I owe a ton to him. Uh, again, Coach, I appreciate everything. Tell Ms. Inca we said hello, and um, enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, anytime, Adam, and, you know, certainly appreciate the job you did. And, you know, you guys like Frank, Byron, uh, Cedric, Terry Crowder, Jeff Arnett, guys that I've coached, had defensive guys. You know, we we took the basics, and you guys made us better. And uh, so I've continued to learn. As you know, I wore you out trying to get caught back up on all this back end stuff. And uh, <laughs> so appreciate what you do. And uh, again, I know you're an expert in it, and appreciate you talking with me. Yes, sir. Thank you, Coach. Right. Have a good one. Yes, See you. sir. Thank you guys for tuning in to the first episode of Compete with the Stack podcast. Um, please go and like and share and comment so we can keep coming back to give you more information. As we move on, you'll get more information about the scheme itself um, and some more position play. I thought that was important to have Coach Heron on to, to talk about where it came from and, and why we kind of do it. Um, so again, go and like and share. Um, and as always, hashtag compete, fourth and one.
and uh, good luck, man.